Good to be here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. There's a portion of Scripture says, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Trying to find another one. Yes. Looking right at it. How many believes Jesus is here? Jesus is here. I don't want that just to be a words, but I want it to be in our heart, just as real tonight as the one sitting next to you, the one that we can't see is here, because he's more real than what we are. The church got threatened because they didn't, the world, religious world, did not want the uninformed world to know what we know. They didn't want the Spirit of the Lord to be able to reach out and touch other people to open their understanding because if it did, they would lose a lot of different things. And they were threatened and said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Granted to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed. From the best of my understanding, this church has been praying. They've been working. Now it's time for allowing the Lord to work. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. It was shaken. The power of the Holy Ghost just came in and just began to move everybody in that sanctuary. The place where there was was shaken, where they were all assembled, and they were all all, all, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the Word of God with boldness. We can all be filled with the Holy Ghost. We can all have that renewing of the Holy Ghost. We can all feel the presence and power of the Holy Ghost. We can all be able to receive whatever it is that we're in need of tonight from the Spirit of God. If his presence is power, if power was present to heal, we can receive our healing. And we know it's the will of God that you receive the Holy Ghost. That's the will of God. He wants you to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth and understand that there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise 
Let's ask Jesus one more time to fill me with the Holy Ghost if you don't have it. These young men up here, I want to see them get the Holy Ghost. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus, it's not anything we can do other than preach the word. Not anything we can do to just try to encourage those to receive the word. God, for them to reach out and field after you because we know that you're here and you can be found. You can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. God, help us tonight that we might field after you and find you that we can. Dear God, have that need met in our life tonight, oh Lord. Every individual in this building that needs your spirit. God, if they've come here hungry, they've come here thirsty. Jesus, your word tells us that if they are hungry and thirst, they'll be filled. They come here broken. They've come here in need. Jesus, you're the healer. You came to heal. You came to seek and to save the lost, dear God. You come to minister to the sick, Jesus. And here we are tonight. We're here tonight, dear God. We're asking for the help, dear Lord. It only comes from above. The help that comes from above. Jesus, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Senior Pastor Fell, Sister Fell, Senior, Senior Fell, Pastor Kennedy, Sister Kennedy, Brother Lewis, Brother Harper, y'all's families. It's good to be here tonight with you, ma'am. I wanted to hear somebody else preach a little bit. Might give me an idea of what I could preach. <laughs> but, but before I get started, uh, Sister Timmons, leave us a word. Good to have my wife with me tonight. I'm living up to my microphone challenge person. On the way over here... Um, we came by. Yeah, she was that one. We'll find out what it is. On the way over here, we passed by acres and acres and acres, miles and miles and miles of good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Just miles, and I kept riding by and looking at all the different stages that was past one spot where there's nothing but rich, rich, black dirt. Not a spot, not, a, not anything in it. Just as beautiful as it can be. Went by, passed by another spot and uh, came to that and it was it had been burnt over and it was just little stubs coming up from the ground or that were left over, I guess. And Passed by another, drove some more, more acres and passed this beautiful, beautiful sod field, just beautiful green grass, came by, went by some more, and everywhere I looked, I saw good ground. Some of the tall, tall sugar, and it was gone to seed, and, and some of it was little, just rich black dirt with little small sprigs coming up from that new growth. I just couldn't hardly take it in enough because I kept thinking to myself, look at all that good ground. And you know, as I stand here tonight and look out across this building, do you know what I'm looking at? Good ground. 
miles of good ground, acres and acres of good ground, beautiful good ground, all different stages, all different portions, all just, it's all just different, whatever it is. And I thought to myself about there's men in this building here tonight that dug out this basement. There's men in this building here tonight that moved rocks, that painted, that helped with the roof, put the blocks up. There's men in this building here tonight that did that. They were part of making this building a reality. But there's also some good ground in this building tonight that wasn't a part of that. But, but you are here now, and you've come into something that somebody did all of that to get this here, and now you know what you are? You're good ground. You're good ground. You're good ground. And as you look across to my right and you see that beautiful building, do you know what this new good ground has done? They've moved blocks. They've dug holes. They've swept. They've done all of they, they've, they've done all that to, to make that building a reality. They didn't make this first building a reality, but somebody did, and then they came in. And you know, they became good ground. And that good ground is over there now making that a building. All the work that's done into it, all the labor that you're putting into it, all of that, you know what's going to happen? That's going to bring in more new ground. And it's going to bring in more new ground and more new ground. All these different stages, all these different, this brand new soil and these little springs coming up and that which has gone to seed, that wouldn't have happened if there had not been good ground. And so I just want you to look across this building tonight. You're looking at some old good ground. You're looking at some young good ground. You're looking at some potential new good ground. <laughs> it's, it's almost more than I can hardly take to see these young men up here, up, coming up to this front, raising their hands, crying out to God, tears rolling down their cheeks. And I wanted to go over there and say to those girls, come on, girls, come on up, come on up, girls, come on up. The Holy Ghost, you are good ground. You are good ground. There's so much work to be done. So I thank God for the ones that made this and brought new good ground in. And I thank God for the new good ground that's over there making that work. But you know what's going to happen? I thank God for the good ground that's going to come in because of them, because this thing is perpetual. It's going to go on and on and on and on and on. So thank God. Thank God for people who love the work, love the church, love the work of God. What a privilege it is to be here, to feel what I'm feeling. I'm just going to tell you, it's almost more than I can take. Something is just bubbling up in me, and you know those waves of glory begin to move here at the beginning of this service, and it just began to move in, and I'm thinking, come on, church family, jump on that. Jump, get into that. Get on that. That power of God is moving. The Holy Ghost wants to do something in this building tonight. Be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. When the Spirit of God moves, say, I want to get in on that. I want to make it be a part of that. I want to make, I want to welcome him. I want to welcome him. Thank you for allowing us to be here. What a privilege, what a privilege. And God bless Brother and Sister Feld and this church family and all the others that are here tonight. God bless all of you. I love you, and I thank God for the church. Praise the Lord. Pastor Amila, Brother Sal, Brother Tom, it's good to be with y'all folks also. We and all these young men and musicians and saints of God. And I was mentioned to, I'm going to call him Bishop. Bishop Feld. 
I was talking to Bishop Fell today, but I've added, I've added some numbers to what we were talking about. I'm talking about my wife and myself, Pastor Kennedy and Sister Kennedy, Bishop Fell, Bishop Sister Fell, and Brother and Sister Weekly over here. Now, these are people that I know, known them for a long time. And between the eight of us, there's about 375 years of living for God. So there is a little bit of something that we all know about the Word of God. You probably read that thing more than you got fingers and toes from end to end. I know Bishop's read it more than he's got fingers and toes and probably dollars in his pocket, but uh, <laughs> we've all read this thing from cover to cover. There's a reason we did that. There's a reason we read this book from cover to cover, and that's because we want to know what this Word says of what I have to do to be saved. I don't want somebody out there that don't know, that hasn't read it, try to tell me how to be saved. I want somebody that knows that from the Word of God and put it line upon line, precept upon precept, of what I must do to be saved. Bishop Phil, thank you, everybody else that allowed us to be here tonight. We are scared to death but glad to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm just a simple, simple, I leave, the, I leave the heavy stuff to Bishop Kennedy and Bishop Fell. I'm, I don't know how to go too deep and get these deep subjects and, and things that nobody else has ever heard because I heard our pastor one time when a fellow come wheeling in in a wheelchair and he thought he got a new revelation. And Bishop Dunn, he says, son, they preached that X amount of years ago. So I didn't come in here tonight trying to get a new revelation and trying to get something deep that nobody else has ever heard. I leave that to those out yonder. I just want to find out how I can be ready to meet God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not as smart as I would like to be. If I was, I would have got on the ground floor of Apple. I'd have got on the ground floor of Walmart. Was it in Louisiana when Walmart first started, basically? And it's the first time we'd ever heard of Walmart. Buying shares for 50 cents apiece. Them things that went up, split, went up, split, went up, split. I could be a multi-million dollar millionaire tonight. And here I am, just a single million. <laughs> Rich in faith. Praise God. Oh, but I read in the Word of God that uh, God's ways are not our ways. He does things different than what we do. And I want to read that over here in Isaiah chapter 55. 
I hope there's somebody that's hungry for the Holy Ghost. If I could, well, I, I used to say if I could give it to you, I would. I can't give you the Holy Ghost, but I can tell you how to get it. I can tell you how to get it. If I could give it to you, you probably wouldn't appreciate it as much because you just say, well, if he can give it to me, uh, maybe I'll just lay it down when I want to and go out and get involved with the world and come back and somebody else will refresh me with it. No, it doesn't work that way. This comes from God. But thank God for the ministry that will tell you how to get it. And the ones that don't tell you how to get it, get rid of them. Don't get too quiet now. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. And that's tonight. That's tonight. These young boys reaching out for what they do know. They were reaching out for God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And you young men, when you feel the presence of the Lord, you do that. Priority number one is people in this building to get the Holy Ghost. I'll stop, close the Bible, and just shout and rejoice with you. If I was able to run the aisles, I'd run the aisles with you. I got a young man up there, I, when the Spirit starts moving, I say, son, now I can't run like I used to. Would you run for me? And it gets moving real good, I just point to him, come on. And he'll, he'll, he'll he, he's a little bit inhibited, but he's coming out of it. He's doing it pretty well. So calling, calling upon God while he's near is the best thing to do. And we know he's here tonight. How many has got the Holy Ghost? You know he's here. If you've got the Holy Ghost, we know he's here. And he says, let the wicked forsake his way. You can do that tonight. It don't take much to repent. It can happen like that, a change into your mind and what you want to do in life. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Don't anybody ever get the idea and let it rest in your mind more than just coming in one ear and going out the other that you've done too many bad things to receive the Holy Ghost. Unless you've blasphemed God, you, ain't, you haven't done anything that you can't get forgiven of, get refreshed in the Spirit of, receive the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners while we were yet sinners. So here tonight, I don't know all of you, but I thank God that we have been here before and been able to meet some of you, and it's been a joy. So you can receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the Apostle Paul. He did some things that was out of the norm, but yet, God knocked on the door of his heart one day and just changed the apostle. Well, he was Saul of Tarsus in and changed him to the apostle Paul. So he says he will abundantly pardon. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as thinking this afternoon and morning and back back when when I began to think about there's almost 400 years between 8 
people in here that's been living for God uh, for that long a period of time. And I hope I live long enough that I hear these men back here say, look at these four men and their wives, and they'll be living 400 years. They got 400 years of Bible knowledge. That'd be a wonderful thing. But what has kept us on the straight and narrow and what has kept us uh, in the position and the place we need to be with God, we started out right. You've got to start out right if you're going to finish right. You have to have the right foundation. People try to build things before they ever get the foundation finished. They be, try to build things way up here that will fit on that foundation. You've got to start out with a foundation. Bishop Fell was telling me this morning, or not this morning, but on the way driving back and forth uh, wherever we were going, we were talking about the, uh, well, we saw all this black muck, rich land that uh, Sister Timmons was speaking about and uh, knowing that that's just, it's not buildable soil. You can't build upon that. You've got to dig it out and dig it out and dig it out, and then you've got to put something down there that's going to be stable. This muck around here, you've got to go down to the bedrock, and then you can find some good ground to build on. And But looking all that beautiful dirt out there, though it is, and I, I've almost bound, bound and declared, Pastor Kennedy, rich as that black dirt was, and I told Pastor Fell on here, Bishop Fell here on the way over, I said, you could probably put that in the oven, turn that thing up about 600 degrees, and let it sit in that oven for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, take it out and eat a spoonful, it'd probably be good for you. And that, you talk about nutrition. That, that stuff's got nutrition in it. We've cut the grass on this piece of property one time. You start here and get around over here to the end of the corner, and then you got to start here again. I mean, that stuff grows quick. be nice if the saints of God would grow that quick. <laughs> Wish I could grow that quick. But uh, one of the good things, now we got three nights here, so let's get in on the ground floor. Let's get in on the ground floor. We couldn't get in on Walmart. That's time passed. Can't get in on Amazon. That's time passed. Google can't. used to buy Google now. It's too high. But we can get in on the ground floor right tonight, and then the next, this night and the next two nights are going to be a wonderful time of being in the house of God. You can come back tomorrow night full of the Holy Ghost and just say, Dear God, I'm glad I'm in the house of God. Be like the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. But there might be somebody in here just like I was the night I went to church. I didn't go to church with the idea that I was going to get my life changed. That, that was, in a, well, in, in the back of my mind, I wanted to be saved, but I didn't want to be saved that night. <laughs> there were too many things I wanted to do. But the, Lord, the Lord's got different plans. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Time that old blind man got done preaching, this old fellow here couldn't wait to get down to the altar. And uh, I hope it would be that way with somebody here tonight. Get in on the ground floor. I got in on the ground floor of 11-week revival. I think it was the second week I got in. And then I was in there long enough to get rooted and grounded. And I had a friend of mine says, well, Timmons, he said, I'll give you six months. Well, that's been 47-plus years ago, and uh, God is still good. Yeah. 
And the sad scenario about it, I just found out recently that that friend of mine that was sitting right next to me in church that night, he just passed away. He was lost, and it's sad. Good friends from school days on up to adulthood and marriage and having children and, and just having a good time. But uh, God is still on the throne tonight. And Ephesians chapter 1, once again, thank you, ever who allowed us to be here. Bishop Fell, Sister Fell, Sister Bishop Fell, it's so good to see you tonight to be in the house of God. Sister Kennedy, it's good to see you tonight. Good healing for those two sitting right there. It would be a wonderful thing. And the miracle worker is here tonight. He's here tonight. Building on the right foundation. Let me read something other. How many has ever heard of the Empire State Building? That's an icon in the United States, especially in New York, New York City. Uh, I think my wife has been into it. Sister Fell has probably been into it. Bishop Fell has probably been into it. I've been underneath it, but I've never been into it. We did get to go into the, the other two buildings that collapsed here not long ago. Well, it's been a pretty good while ago. But uh, I was reading something about the uh, Empire State Building a few years ago. And I come to find out that that thing was started in 1930 during a Depression time. And it went on through 1931. And 16 months they built that building. And it cost him $45 million to build it. Now, that's just a pittance of what it would cost today. And it's got 102 floors on it that go up 1,250 feet. Then you put the radio antenna on it, goes up another almost 200 feet. So you got almost 1,450 feet in the air. Now, if you've ever did a 100-yard dash, you do that four, four times plus, and you'll, you'll finally get to the, if they laid it parallel down, you could get where it was, how long it was, how tall it was. It took two shifts of men working 24 hours a day to dig through the hard rock to get a foundation. Two shifts, 300 men digging just to get down to the foundation. Luke talks about when you're building a house, you've got to dig deep, your foundation. You've got to get, dig deep and get on that foundation. And that foundation is 55 feet underground. And in all of the concrete and the steel and everything else in that thing, they built that building to last. They didn't build it to rebuild it here in 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years. That thing's been on the, on, the, on the earth when they built that thing for, what, about 80 years, give or take, one or two. Somebody calculate right quick. My calculator's not working right now. But it, it's been a long time. It's been up there. And in 1945, there's a B-26 bomber flew into that thing and crashed on the 79th and 80th floor. And you know what happened? Well, it only killed 14 people, cost about a million dollars worth of damage. But I think the next day or the next two or three days, that thing was open for business again. You know why? They built it to last. It had a foundation to it. And these B-26s and everything else, it, 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 it rocked it, it shook it, it did a little bit of damage, but it's still standing. 
And about 2,000 years ago, there was a man walking on earth that nobody liked, just a few people. The religious world didn't accept him very well. But he said, I'm going to build me a church. And that church is going to have to have some foundation to it. So he began to handpick a few men. He said, well, this one, this one, we're just a bunch of fishermen. I think we talked about fishermen last time, but we're going to pick these guys out, and he's going to fill them full of the Word of God and teach them, show them, be an example to them, and go forth and letting them know what it was. And then when he got ready to go back into heaven, he said, i got one more thing to do yet. I've got to open their understanding. Because there's a lot of things we don't understand in the Word of God. So a lot of things I'll never know about uh, some things in this Word. But there's one thing I do want to know. I want to know what I must do to be saved. Outside of that, who's on the gray horse, black horse, white horse, I'll leave that to Bishop Fell and Pastor Kennedy over here. But uh, for where it comes out to water baptism, I want to know what that is and who, it, who is involved and what I have to do to get baptized and this, that, and the other. The thing about it, you can't get baptized till you dig that muck out. Got to dig the muck out first. When you get the muck out down to the bedrock there, you got all that nasty filth, got it out of the way, and you're ready to start doing something for the kingdom of God because God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's his, that's his desire that all men, all men, and one thing the Scripture teaches us in Hebrews chapter 6, that is God cannot lie. God cannot lie, and we got a lake around here and water over here and water over here, and you can take your anchor on your boat and latch that to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our anchor, and you can latch on to that, and you'll stand that from now until Jesus comes to take us into heaven. He will be there, and he'll be steadfast, and you can be attached to that. Put your anchor attached to that there. And here we are tonight. They're just simple things that we want to bring out. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible teaches us that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4, there's one body. One body. If we don't understand that, then we'll never quite comprehend that there's only one way to be saved. That one body is the church. It is the church according to Colossians 1.18. That one body, Jesus Christ, the body is the church. And here we are tonight, one church. Everybody say one church. And it's not what the world thinks the church is, but the church is you that are sitting here tonight. You go on to the, any kind of media you want to, and they think the church is over there in Rome somewhere. That's not where the church is. The church is part of you right here sitting in this building tonight. And we're built upon the right foundation. So there's one body, and there's only one spirit. And that one spirit is the Holy Spirit tonight that we all must have. If we don't have it, the Scripture teaches us that we're none of His. We will not be prepared and ready to meet Him if we don't have His Spirit. But there's that one church, there's one Spirit in that church, and we're one, we have one hope, and that hope is in our uh, Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us in uh, Romans that Abraham had a rough situation, and we read the Bible, and we read it because we know the end of the Bible. But when you go through the circumstances that these guys that were going through that we read about today, it's just like you going through your trials. You don't know what's going to come out on the other side, and you don't know how you're going to make it on the other side. But the Scripture teaches that against hope, he believed in hope. And he didn't stagger the promises of God. But he was strong in faith, believing that what God had promised, 
God can do. And God says that you can have the Holy Ghost. You can be saved. It don't matter what the world says. You can be a child of God. So there's that one hope, one spirit, one body, one church. And we make up that church. Praise the Lord. There's only one Lord. There's going to come a time and every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They, they, they not want to do it today, but they will. They may mock and scoff and make fun of us today, but there's going to come a time that they will wish they were on that ark. When Noah built that ark, those that were left behind wished that they had listened to Noah. So here we are today, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. He says there's one Lord, there's only one faith, there's only one saving faith. There's only one saving doctrine, one saving teaching, and that is the apostolic doctrine, the apostolic instruction, the apostolic teaching. And the Bible tells us in Jude 3, we got to earnestly contend for it. you got to fight for what you believe in here tonight because there's an adversary that's come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he would like nothing better than to get a hold of these young people right here because they're going to be, when I'm gone, it's going to be them. When Bishop is gone, it's going to be them. Pastor Fel, the rest of you here are gone. It's going to be some of you that's contending for the faith and holding on and preaching to somebody. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's going to be on your shoulders, in your hands. That's why we urge, we admonish everybody in this building that's capable and able to read, read the Scripture. I'm, I'm sure Bishop has told you many, many, many times uh, what Bishop told him, that to read it through a hundred times, write it down and pray it in. And we've heard that over the country. People have heard that over the country. And uh, I'm glad that was put into our hearts to read the Scriptures. Know for yourself what the Scriptures say. Don't rely on anybody out there that don't know what they're talking about. Because there's a multitude of them that know. They don't know there's only one baptism. They don't even know what that baptism is. I met a guy. We were remodeling a house 17, 18 years ago, 19 years. We have a long hair. My daughter lives there now. And this fellow that used to come by, we lived in a travel trailer. And he'd walk by, he was walking around the neighborhood for exercise and whatever, and he went to an X amount of church that I'd, I had visited when we were kids. They believed in the Holy Ghost, they believed in modesty, and they believed in a lot of things back then. That was back then. But today, uh, you would never know from any other thing. But I got to talk to him a little bit, and uh, I, I almost begged him to do a subject study on baptism. And he wasn't, he wasn't willing to do it. And we're talking about, you know, how to be saved. And he goes back to the thief on the cross. And this guy's been teaching Sunday school probably for 35, 40 years in that church, teaching Sunday school and trying to say that we can go back to the thief on the cross and get our salvation because thief on the cross, he says, didn't have to be baptized. Well, you don't know whether the thief on the cross was baptized or not. John the Baptist baptized a lot of folks. And if he baptized that thief on the cross, he didn't baptize him until he repented. I'll tell you that. You got baptized by John the Baptist, you're going to repent. 
and bring forth works meet for repentance. And then you still might have a hard time for him to baptize you because we want this thing to be lasting. We don't want this thing today we're getting baptized and tomorrow uh, we're back out there in the streets and, and doing the things we did the day before. We want this thing to be lasting. And when you're baptized, you make sure that that preacher says, in the name of Jesus Christ, that's for the remission of your sins. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's not to show this world out there that you become a member of uh, uh, Apostolic Church of Belglade, Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. That's not to show them that you're a part of that church. This baptism is get your sins washed away, that blood covering, to blot it out, do away with it, that you'll no more be held accountable to it. And then when you begin to take the teaching of the Word of God, that modesty begins to come forth, and you begin to have the, you got it on the inward, then you begin to allow it to come forth on the outward. We sing a song once in a while, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And it's a wonderful thing to have a change in your life. So here we are, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all. And here we are, the Bible teaches us that the, we are built upon that foundation of the apostles and prophets. The apostle wrote that, and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. This is just simple things you've heard all your life, but we got to be refreshed once again. You probably only get refreshed three times a week from what I'm preaching here tonight, but I want you to hear it one more time. That this, you've got to have the right foundation. You've got to dig deep to get on that right foundation. And when you get on that foundation, you build your house where it's going to stand, beef 26s, and whatever the kind of things that wants to fall into that building. You'll be standing when the world is on fire. 1 Corinthians 3.10 and 11. System is that radio would work back there. If that thing would work back there, or scream real loud, as loud as you can. You could read that if you want to, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3 and 10, 10 and 11. And since you don't have all that together, I'll read another one. Praise God. We got a wise master builder in, in building. We got a wise master builder sitting right here that knows how to build. And uh, here you, Brother Kenny's worked in carpentry and everybody... All those preachers work in carpentry, don't we? We got to learn how to build. Hey, we slept with a lot of floors too. So uh, you got to start from the, we clean bathrooms and everything. You start from the ground up here. But uh, then you get to be a wise master builder. You got to go through some apprenticeships before you get, ever get to be that wise master builder. And what did he say in uh, verse 10? According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Yeah. I have laid the foundation, and another, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth there. You've got to take heed how people begin to try to instruct and inform you on what you need to do to be saved. You need to make sure, and you need to listen to your pastor. I know your pastor. I know his wife. I know what this church teaches. Right. It's right. Yes. It's right. We got 800 years almost of Bible reading between all of us here. We know this is right. So when somebody tries to come in and tell you otherwise, you can go back to the Word of God and put your finger on chapter and verse say, Hey, this is a wise master builder that told me this, that Jesus Christ is our foundation, and he, there is not another. Does it say there is no other? 
foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Or other foundations. Other foundations. Can no man lay. Can no man lay. That is then it's that not is on laid. Allah. It's not on Buddha. It's not on Krishna. And it's not on this other stuff. It's on Jesus Christ. These things that come after, that's not, not, that don't count. You can't do away with what is already being established, and all you can do is build upon what's been established, and that is Jesus Christ. Read it one more time. Other foundation can no man lay. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that, that's a wonderful thing to know who Jesus is. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you know what the Scripture says? The one that preached on the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Ghost. You know the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth. So he's full of the Holy Ghost. He's full of the Spirit of truth. He stands up under the inspiration of the Spirit of truth and begins to tell somebody that you've got to repent of your sins, get baptized in Jesus' name, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and promises unto you, your children, those who are far off, in as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then he goes on down there and says, and in verse 42, here, where am I? Have to read it here. And they continued steadfastly in what? Apostles' doctrine. In the apostles' doctrine. That's what we're drawing from tonight. Anything that come after them, there was an antichrist spirit before the, all the apostles died off. And that antichrist spirit is being building and building and building and building yeah. and mushrooming and trying to put the church down and trying to exalt himself up. But he's a thief. He's a liar. He's a robber. And he's come to destroy if he can. But he cannot destroy the church Amen. because God did something about the church. He put something in you that's greater than him. Yes. And you yes. can withstand yes. all the forces that he comes against you yes. with. Yes. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. You was in the Apostle Paul's day. You can sit down. He got, Jesus got a little upset. Not upset, but he got what it was that made him run some people out of the house of God. They tried to make merchandise of the house of the Lord, so he ran them out. There's some folks that need to be run out. And let me tell you why. How many in this building want to be saved? Amen. Amen. Now, this is just simple Amen. teaching. We all, I, I'm sure you wouldn't even be here tonight if you didn't want to be saved. Amen. Except maybe some of your younger ones, parents, because I've been in church and I, I didn't want to even be there. But uh, you had to be because your parents brought you. But thank God for your parents, they'll bring them. Sure. But uh, the Apostle Paul said he was, he was sort of wondering and marveling and astonished that once somebody received the Holy Ghost, that they would be so soon turned and moved away from that into another gospel. He says, which is not another gospel. But there are some people that will pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I marvel you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. And you know what's going to happen to us if we allow somebody to pervert this gospel? We're going to die and go to hell. There's not but one gospel. And if somebody comes perverting that gospel and we go along with them, as Galatians here saying that the Galatian church did, Paul was a little upset there. And he turned around in chapter 3. He said, who bewitched you that you should not obey this? You didn't receive this by the works of the law. You did it, got it by the spirit of faith. What other faith? 
And here we are tonight, world out there trying to destroy us, trying to tell us there's another way. I'm sure you hear that probably in school. Well, I hope most of you folks go to this school right here because our school out there is in trouble. They're in trouble. He, he, was, he was disturbed because they got away from the truth and get into another gospel. And that's, you, you wonder sometimes when Jude chapter 3, if you want to read that, 3 and 4, where we mentioned a while ago, you've got to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Because there's a reason that we got to fight for this. And verse 4 tells us the reason after you read verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained of this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They crept in subtly. They came in to a church service just like we're having tonight and maybe sit on pews just like we're sitting here tonight. And all the time they were trying to subtly, trying to deceive and get a hold of people's mind and let them know that they were somebody. If you can find that scripture over there in Third John 8 or Third John 9, there's a scripture over there about a guy that I couldn't even... I couldn't, I couldn't spell his name, and I was looking, trying to look it up on my, uh, the Bible thing that I had, but I couldn't spell his name, and I had a hard time finding it. But here it come out the other day. I think his name is Diocrates. I wrote under the And here's church. a guy that he, he wants the preeminence. Mm -hmm. We can't have no big ones and little ones. We're all the children of God. But we've all got different places in the body of Christ because if we were all hands, we'd be in all trouble. If we was all feet, we'd be in all trouble. And if we was all mouths, you know what kind of trouble that would be. <laughs> that would be big time trouble. But uh, I, got, I got a little granddaughter that, no, I quit. Go ahead. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence oh, among them. Oh, just let me, just let me. Here I am. Everybody look at me. Yeah. Received us not. Didn't want anything to do with John, though. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Well, I don't think I don't want to sit under him. I think I'd rather be under Bishop Fell, <laughs> Pastor Kennedy. I'd rather be under one of those guys. The Alphatees, he just don't move me. There's another one in there that give Paul a little trouble. And uh, Alexander the coppersmith, he said, he did me much harm. But thank God that Paul was willing to forgive him. Here's a guy that's fighting and pushing, trying to hinder, destroy, tear apart. And here's the apostle Paul. He was forgiven, but he said, the Lord reward him according to his works. God, let, let God take care of some of our problems. That way uh, people won't look at you as a big bully and big bad wolf. But sometimes you've got to stand up and say, that's enough. I hear Pastor Fail one time. <clears throat> he does it periodically, too. And he'll shout, that's enough. Don't want to hear it. He ain't talking to us, but he's talking to the devil. We'll put it that way. Did you done reading? Let me read you some more. He, he comes in unawares. Not only the offer he's there, he wouldn't receive them. 
and didn't want anybody else to receive it. But listen to what it says in Acts chapter 20. I know this, the Apostle Paul says. Let me read verse 28. Take heed therefore unto the yourselves and to the flock, to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, grievous wolves are going to enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. God help us not to hinder one of these people that's sitting on these pews tonight. Amen. Give me Deuteronomy 13 and right quickly over there. there. There's people that think that they're somebody. And I believe in dreams. I believe in visions. I believe in prophecy. I believe in tongues interpretation. I believe in, every, I believe in everything God put in this word for us to know. But it is so easily abused. So easily abused. And here's a guy that was trying to be somebody evidently. Read quickly, loud. Which verse? Start with one. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake of unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which has, thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. Now we or, know just about that everybody outside of the apostolic faith and teaching are trying to usher in other, other things outside of Jesus Christ. And some of those in the apostolic teaching are trying to do away with some of the things that the Apostle Paul taught and Peter and the Lord put his stamp of approval on. Keep reading. Or that dreamer of dreams... For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, if somebody comes preaching and teaching nowadays, if you don't know what the Scripture says, and they are got a good, smooth speech, and they're able to uh, pat you on the back and do a lot of things to make you their friend, whatever it is that they do to sway people and get them on their side, don't you listen to anybody that tries to tell you there's more than one God. And if they go outside of his, you can call him Jehovah, Yeshua, Yahshuaway, and whatever you go by. But I know the English language, and the Bible tells me that there's no other name under heaven given among men. And verse 10 of Acts 4 says, it's the name of Jesus Christ. So if they try to come in slipping something in over there, don't listen to them. They're out there tonight, and they're using cunningly devised fables, and they're deceiving the minds of the simple. Go ahead, read. And you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him, keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. That's far enough. Read. Go back up there. Where are you gonna, what are you going to do with him? Don't kill him. And that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken unto you to turn you away from the Lord your God. Now, we think that's hard. We think it's harsh. But wouldn't it be better to put one to death than to lose a hundred? Right. If one is trying to deceive, wouldn't it be better to get rid of them than let them deceive the whole congregation? 
That's what the Lord is trying to tell us here tonight. Don't let somebody come in here. It don't matter who they are, what their position is, how much influence they got, how much money in the bank account they have. We're not built upon money. We're built upon faith tonight. That's right. We're built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. But it seems, it seems like money's got a way of talking into a lot of ranks and, and places. But here we are tonight. If he comes and tries to sway you away from the doctrine that you've been taught all your life that this Bible teaches us, put him out. Have nothing to do with him. And hopefully he'll, he'll die out to the erroneous doctrine that he's trying to teach. Right. Don't matter if it's a dream or dreams and he, he tells you what it's going to be before it happens. That's, the Lord knows. He said you got to get rid of him. Otherwise, he's going to do what to the whole congregation? He's going to hinder them in, in easier words. Here's, an, here's another verse of Scripture. I'm I, I looking at this here today. In Psalms chapter 11 and verse 2. For though the wicked, they bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. They're trying to destroy our foundation because the next verse says, if our foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Here they've got everything that they need. They're trying to target the upright. And who, 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 who else was here? I'm looking at verse 10, chapter 10. It don't work in chapter 10 when you're looking at chapter 11 at the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If we allow these people to come in and wear away and cut away and cut away and cut away at our foundation, eventually that thing is going to come down. Now they tell me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a conspiracist in some ways when I look at what's going on around the world and when our tra two trade centers came down in less than 10 seconds or 10 seconds, whatever, about 100 X amount of stores and hit the ground, something tells me that I can't jump off the air like that that fast. But uh, if they destroyed the foundation, they hit those columns down there on the foundation, knock that foundation, out, then that thing will come down just like that. But here we are. We're not going to fall like that. We're going to stand because we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. But that enemy's trying to undermine. He's trying to wire away. He's trying to shoot, trying to get at the upright in heart that their foundation can be destroyed. But thank God for a bishop, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, song leader, choir leader, saints of God that worship and praise and teaches the children that hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. you got to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All of us have a job to do to keep that foundation going and keep it going upright and strong. Hebrews chapter 6, he says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. But you know what the adversary is trying to do? He's trying to destroy our faith tonight. All right. The Bible teaches us that the Lord told uh, Peter over there, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But you know what the Lord said? He'd tell Peter just like he'll tell you. He said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Because if your faith fails, you can't please God. You can't make it with God. You won't even get, you'll never get the Holy Ghost without faith. 
Everything we do in the realm of the spiritual is through faith. By faith, by faith, by faith. We read a whole chapter of the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, by faith. And what did Noah do by faith? He built an ark to the saving of his household. Why? He heard the voice of God. Found grace in the eyes of the, in the, eyes of the Lord. Heard the voice of God and believed what God said. You can hear it tonight, but if you don't believe it, it's not going to profit you anything. But if you do believe this, you can leave this building tonight with the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, when you feel yes, his presence. Yes. When you feel his presence on you, you just yield to what you feel. And you just begin to glorify God. Yeah. Open your mouth. Say, thank you, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, whatever you want to do. Just get the attention of God. Let God know you're sincere, what you're doing. And when you feel something want to get a hold of you and, and make you say things you don't even know what you're saying, let it go. Let it fly. You're not going to understand what it is anyway. The Bible says you're going to speak in a tongue. There are some that can be understood. There are some not. Some, you're just you and God just having a communion one with another. So here we are tonight wanting somebody to get the Holy Ghost, start out on the ground floor oh, and yeah. get in where this thing we can enjoy the next two nights. We can enjoy the rest of this night also here. And Matthew chapter 16 said, God said, I'm going to build me a church. And he did it. Yeah. He did it. It's still going tonight. It's been going about 2,000 years, four, almost 50 years. You, maybe more. A little over 50 years. A little over 50 years. Almost 50 years. How many 50 years back here? How many 47, 46, 47 years back over here? God is good. You know why? They're built on the foundation. You know why? They heard it every day. Not every day, but they heard it periodically. We got to hear this same period. I heard a man say you got to hear this thing about eight times before you even understand what he said the first time. So I got to hear this more than that because I'm, I'm a little dense. But you know what? Once I get it, I want to be like a bulldog. Just get right. it. Not let anybody be able to take it away from you. Once you get this thing, don't let anybody get a hold of it and try to snatch it and pull it away from you. Praise the Lord. Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And it is the will of God tonight that you receive the Holy Ghost. It's the will of God tonight that the healing can set in for somebody here. It's the will of God for everybody to receive something from the Holy Ghost here tonight. We come here. God's here. We want God to have his way in the remainder of this service. Why don't we all come and get around the front? If you want the Holy Ghost, come and pray for the Holy Ghost. You pray for yourself. Let God know you need the Holy Ghost. You need something from God. And be serious with God. And cry out to him. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be inhibited. You need the Holy Ghost. It's a matter of life and death. Matter of life and death. God, we want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, look at these young men. Look at these young ladies. Glory to God. Glory to God. God, let your spirit flow like a river here tonight. God, let healing set in here tonight, dear God. We rebuke every power of darkness, every hindrance, spirit, and power. Let the Holy Ghost rule and have its way. God, the Spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal. We're asking for that help tonight. We're asking for help tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God, let your spirit flow like a river. 
Come on.